Hey besties and welcome back to another episode of the Spooky Rip Jean Mom. My name is Peyton. We are on episode three today and I am so excited. I keep getting messages that everyone wants to binge these episodes so they want me to put out more. So I finished up the research for this episode today on my lunch break and came home and started recording for you guys. I am hoping to go to posting maybe once or twice a week, like every Monday and Friday, but I want to get, as bad as it sounds, I want to get at least 10 episodes out before we go to that so people can binge it a little bit better than what you can right now. Um, And, you know, that's about it. For the podcast wise, today I had work and I know I need to probably go on a walk before the sun sets out here because I need to start leading a better life since Paisley's been born and I just need to be a little bit healthier. So I'm trying to get this podcast recorded so I can go do that. I also need to eat dinner. I have to remind myself to eat now because I get so wrapped up in stuff that I'm like, mm, yeah, you've only ate twice today. You should probably have dinner. So that's pretty much all that's been going on in my life. I hope you guys are having a good week, weekend, enjoying freedom while you can. Today, though, we are traveling to Arizona for Mark Goodo, Goodo Mark, um, also known as the Baseline Killer. This is my trigger warning for all of my boss-ass babes out there. If sexual assault is something that you can't listen to, this is your stopping point because there is so much sexual sexual assault in these cases that I wanted to vomit. It is terrible. It is some of the worst that I have ever read and talked about. So with that being said, I'm going to jump right on in. If you can't listen to this episode, it is totally fine. I hope you guys have a wonderful day if you are exiting now. All right, so Mark Goodo was born September 6th, 1964. He is still alive. Um, and he was born in Phoenix, Arizona to Willie and Alberta Goodo. He has six siblings, Marvin, Michael, Wilma, Marcus, Oscar, and Linda. Mark was the second child born to Willie and Alberta. Willie was a car dealer attendant and Alberta was a maid that later did divorce with Willie. Willie has been said to be very strict, but it was one of Mark's siblings that actually said the household was very peaceful. The rest of them said that that was bullshit and that Willie was verbally abusive and that alcoholism ran in their family. Alberta ended up dying in 1976 when Mark was only 12. Mark ended up going to high school at Corona del Sol High in Temp, Arizona. He played football, but he never graduated because he didn't end up having enough credits. It was unknown when he married Wendy, but he ended up marrying Wendy Carr until about 2006. On November 7th, 1982, Mark and his brother actually committed their first crime, and it was the first time Mark was arrested, and it was for raping a young woman, but charges weren't filed. Then, in 1987, Mark was charged with trespassing and got a DUI in 1988. So, obviously, right now, we are not off to a good start with Mr. Mark. 
Then, in August of 1989, Mark abducted a woman, brutally raped her, and then beat her. Disgusting. Mark claimed that she had consented to oral sex and that he didn't rape her, that it was actually two other men that raped her. Mark was sent to jail for 15 to 21 years for a robbery then, back in 1990. It didn't say for the rape that he said didn't happen by him and by two other men. It never specified if he actually went to jail for that. Um, I would assume he did because he's an idiot. He served 13 years as a model inmate and he was paroled. Wendy and Mark then moved to a house in Arizona and it wasn't too far from the area that the baseline killings happened. He had pretty much just a block, two block radius where a lot of these crimes happened. His new neighbors said that they knew he served time in jail, but they all seemed to really like him and they were unbothered about what he had been in jail for. Mark ended up getting a job as a construction worker and the articles I did read did mention where he got his construction job, but I'm going to leave the name out of it just for respect of that company. But unfortunately, it only took a year after Mark was paroled to start the baseline killings. The first crime happened August 6, 2005, when Mark forced three teenage girls to go behind a church where he sexually assaulted two out of the three girls. Um, over the next 11 months, he committed multiple robberies, sexual assaults, and eight additional murders. The murder of Sofia Nunez, April 10, 2006, wasn't actually connected to the baseline killings until ballistics were ran. Um, we will get more into that when we get into Mark's different trials that he had. Uh, so, there's so much that Mark did. I have a timeline. Um, and the timeline does have a specifics, some not so specific. Um, and they are a doozy. So, let's get started on this timeline. Of August 6th of 2005, can he kidnapped the three girls and sexually assaulted two of them. And that happened at 9.45 p.m. On August 14th of 2005, he sexually assaulted and also robbed. And that happened at 4.10 a.m. On September 8th of 05, there was a homicide at 1 a.m. And then on September 15th of 05, there was an sexual assault at 9.40 a.m. At 9, on, on, my bad, on September 20th of 05, there was a homicide. Now, this one does tell us a little bit more. Um... It was said that Mark approached, at 10.30, Mark approached two sisters, one being pregnant at gunpoint, and sexually assaulted the sister who wasn't pregnant. He ended up holding the gun, though, to the pregnant sister's belly. He was arrested when his DNA that was left on the girl was matched to his profile, and this breakthrough actually led to Mark's arrest. But we will get more into that later. Um... On September 28th of 05, there was robbery. No time was given, and it didn't really say much else. On October or November 3rd of 05, there was a robbery and a sexual assault, but at different places. The robbery took place at 8.01 p.m., and then the sexual assault occurred at 8.10 p.m. 
Mark robbed a man at gunpoint in a shop for $720. It was about nine minutes later that he grabbed a woman who was at a donation bin across the street from where he robbed the previous man. Mark sexually assaulted her in her car, and then he made her drive him to the corner because he had just committed a robbery. The victim said he wore a Halloween costume and black plastic gloves. Uh, November 7th of 05, three separate robberies occurred. At 8.08 p.m., Mark committed a string of robberies. He held four people at gunpoint inside a Mexican restaurant. Then Mark went to the Little Caesars next door, robbed three people inside. But before he entered that Little Caesars, he robbed four people out on the street. Mark stole $463 and fired his gun in the air so it would distract people so he could leave. On December 12th of 05, at 6.55 p.m., he killed Tina Washington, who was only 39. She was coming home from work when Mark drew his gun and shot her in the head behind a fast food restaurant. If you heard that, that was a page flipping. That, that was two pages flipping. There was so much, I had to write it down. Um, December 13th of 2005, a robbery occurred at 4 p.m. when Mark robbed another woman. That was that was the only thing said. On February 20th of 06, two homicides. It happened at 7:38 uh, a.m. Bodies of Romelia Vargas and Murha Pamela Roman were found shot dead inside their snack truck. At first, police believed that the murders were drug-related, but in July, police were finally able to connect it to the baseline murders. March 15th of 06, the two homicides occurred at 9 p.m. Two employees at Yoshi's restaurant were driving home together when they were killed. They were both shot in the head, but they were found in two different spots. Liliana Sanchez Cabrera was found in the parking lot of a different restaurant, and Chow Chu was found a mile away. Who drives with someone in their car? Like, after you've just shot their coworker and probably friend if they rode home together. And you leave one at a different restaurant, dead. And then you kill the other person a mile away. Like, I would be terrified for my life. March 29th, 06, another homicide occurred. I'm not laughing because it's like, ha-ha funny. I'm laughing because... This went on for so long and it took forever for him to get caught that it's just ironic funny. Like, as you can tell, it kind of has a time frame and police have no idea who this guy is. Um, so the homicide that occurred on March 29th, 2006 at 12 a.m. was Kristen Nicole, Nicole Gibson um, and she was found by a local businessman. At first, he only found blood on the gravel, like in a parking lot. Thought it was weird. Um, and he reported it to the police. But then a week later, he ended up finding his her body because he smelled a weird odor and just, like, followed that odor. On May 1st of 06, another sexual assault occurred. At 9 p.m., a man in a Halloween costume and mask abducted a woman at gunpoint from her car and sexually assaulted her. She was taken from the same restaurant where the November 5th, 2005 crimes had occurred. On May 5th of 2006, 
The Phoenix police told the public that they had 18 crimes in total and all were believed to be the baseline killer. On June 29th of 06, there was another homicide at 9.30 p.m. It actually was caught on security camera and this made it the last baseline crime. Miranda Carmen, who was only 37, was abducted from a car wash that was located only half a block from the May 1st, 06, and the 11-01-2005 crime scene. Miranda had been on her phone. She was found dead due to a gunshot wound in her head behind a barber shop 100 yards away from the car wash. On August 2nd of 2006, the Phoenix police list was up to 23 baseline crimes. That is a whole lot. So now we're going to get into the police investigation because there's a lot of twists and turns when it comes to it. Okay, I want to say a lot of twists and turns, but there's a lot of media coverage on it. There's just a bunch of stuff happening, so we're going to get into it. Police ended up releasing pretty much everything that they had on the baseline killer and their investigation to ABC 15 News. And this paperwork stated that police had 10 possible suspects that they had looked into and were able to rule some of those people out. And out of the, like, out of the whole report, Mark Goodo wasn't mentioned too often, but other people were mentioned a whole lot. It also had, um, nine of the different crimes in it. Some were homicides, some were robberies, and some were sexual assaults. Most of the info about the leads were redacted, though, probably for sake of privacy for the people who actually weren't related to the crimes, especially because with the media coverage, you know, people make up their own accusations in their head, their own opinions, and I'm sure if they release those people, like those people that they had ruled out, they had released their names to the public. The public would have probably, even though they weren't found suspects, they would probably have definitely been treated way differently. Um, but according to these documents, the baseline killer um, posed as a homeless person so he could sexually assault women in parking lots. Records did show that um, the, a particular woman fought back and the man believed to be the baseline killer wore gloves, a mask, and even enough clothing to cover his whole body. But even with all of that, police were able to get a partial handprint, um, DNA, and ballistics, but these were also redacted from the paperwork. Um, with these cases, there was actually a false confession. James D. Mullins ended up saying he killed Georgia Thompson, who was the um, September 8th of 2005 murder, while he was being questioned by police all the way in Kentucky um, for a burglary case. James told, told the police that Georgia tried to rob him at the strip club that she had been working at, so he shot her in the head. And his story seemed very inconsistent because Georgia was found 10 miles away in Temp at her apartment complex so not even anywhere near this strip club and police did not think that the evidence showed that her body had been moved once police were able to connect georgia's murder to the baseline killer james recanted his whole testimony and said he wasn't even in arizona at the time and had nothing to do with her death 
Um, it was, though, August 3rd, 2006, when charges were formally dropped against James. Now we're getting into the mishandling of evidence. So let's see what that's about. In April of 2009, the Times publications ended up publishing a story saying that DNA had been found to crack the case, but was gathered nine months before the arrest because the police didn't run it in a timely manner. So basically, they said if police had run this DNA when they first got the DNA in, the arrest would have happened nine months prior to when it actually did. Uh, so before I go in on how Mark was arrested, I do want to let you guys know that they had a whole other suspect in actual custody for these murders. His name was Terry Wayne Smith. He was an African-American male who matched the baseline killer's description, and he also lived by a lot of the crimes. Terry was documented as a potential accomplice. He had a long list of crimes all the way from Cali to Arizona. His crimes involved ag aggravated assault, armed robbery, and he was also a suspect in two different homicide cases. So, like, looking at Terry, he matches the description. He has a record for all of the crimes that have been committed in these baseline killings. Um, and so even police were like, if he's not the main killer, he's definitely an accomplice somehow. The police report did say he couldn't have been involved in the, some of the baseline killings, though. But police said he was properly questioned. He ended up being ruled out as a suspect. And because... Terry had been in jail, they didn't believe that he could have committed all of these crimes, which, I mean, obviously he couldn't because he was in jail, but they made it, they believed that because of this reason, he just wasn't a part of it at all. Terry was arrested a few days after Mark for holding his own family at gunpoint the night before he was arrested, and he only got sentenced four years, so Terry is out now as far as I know. So now we are getting into the arrest of Mark as a suspect. And let me tell you, this whole trial case thing, not a doozy, but definitely one that you're going to be like, what the actual fuck? So on September 4th of 2005, Phoenix police finally announced that they had made an arrest that they connected to the baseline crimes, um, all while they were serving a search warrant. At the time of Mark's arrest, he was still working as a construction worker, and Mark was charged for the attack of two sisters. These two sisters are the ones who were, one was pregnant and held at gunpoint, and the other one was sexually assaulted. Mark held a gun right at the pregnant sister's belly. Mark ended up having his DNA ran against all the DNA evidence found the victims, and they were all matches, which, yeah could have saw that one coming during the trial the two sisters actually gave a testimony which i think is fantastic because it's so hard for people i know it would be hard for me to go up against my attacker so they are very very brave girls which is what probably kept them alive uh but the sister said that mark had approached them with a gun Mark forced them into bushes and had them remove their clothing. They said he pointed a gun at the pregnant sister and her belly and sexually assaulted the other sister. 
Prosecutors said Mark told the girls to not look at him in the face and that he rubbed dirt in their mouths to remove any saliva he would have left. He also wore a condom during the assault. Mark was tried and convicted on all 19 counts connected to the assault and all murders connected to the baseline killer. Maricopa County Attorney Andrew Thomas said he wanted to seek the death penalty if Mark was convicted in the murder trial. Wendy, Mark's wife, was a dumb bitch. She was a dumb bitch. I'm sorry for anybody listening to this on their car stereo with their kids in their car. If any of my family is listening and you happen to be the mother of my two cousins, I am very, very sorry. If you happen to be the aunt of my three cousins, I am very, very sorry. Um, but she was extremely stupid. Wendy said to the public that she did not believe Mark was a part of any of this and it was a huge miscarriage of justice. Not only was she dumb, their neighbors were stupid too. Mark was then described as a loving husband and except an exceptional friend who took very good care of his lawn. Which like what the actual fuck? What does you what does taking care of your lawn have anything to do with you as a person? When I read that, I was absolutely baffled. Like Okay, Karen, sit down, please. If you hear that, that's my baby. I don't know why she's a little fussy, but her dad better be changed on her diaper. Sorry, side note. So, I just, I read that and I was like, this is stupid. His neighbors stated that police framed him and that he would never have, never do this. He would never have done this in his life. According to Arizona PD, Mark is an ex-convict who served 13 out of 21 years for aggravated assault, which included beating a woman with a barbell and armed robbery. You heard that correctly. He beat a woman with a barbell. I need to find a different serial killer who doesn't hate women. Like, can I get one that kills men? Like, this is insane. Mark pleaded down to the charge of aggravated assault, but on top of all of that, Mark was also charged with rape and kidnapping. The rape charge ended up being dropped because there was no physical evidence of this rape happening. Mark is believed to have killed nine times, one more than originally attributed to the baseline killer, and that was the murder of Sofia Nunes that I had mentioned earlier that happened April 10th of 2006. During the trial, a forensic specialist told the court that Mark was 100% the source of the male DNA found on the left breast of the victim. Corwin Townsend, Mark's defense attorney, pointed out that it was a partial match and that Mark's DNA was consistent with only three out of the 13 genetic markers. The forensic what did I say? The forensic specialist? Yeah. He ended up agreeing. He was like, yes, that's absolutely right when they had their cross-examination. So only three out of the 13 DNA markers were consistent to Mark's. Police recommended prosecutors charge Mark with 14, I said 14, I meant 74, 74 different crimes, including nine counts of first degree murder, five counts of sexual assault, three counts of attempted sexual assault, 10 counts of kidnapping, 12 counts of armed robbery, four counts of attempted armed robbery, three counts of sexual abuse, nine counts of sexual misconduct with a minor, 13 counts of aggravated assault, and three counts of indecent exposure. Yep. Yep. 
On October 31, 2011, Halloween, he was found guilty to 67 felony counts, including all murders attributed to the baseline killer. So the jury said, all these killings, you did it. We know you lying. We know you lying. He was sentenced on November 30th, 2011 to death nine times for the murders and 1,196 years for the other 58 crimes. This was also on top of the 438-year sentence he got for being convicted for 19 separate crimes related to rape and assault. And this one included the two sisters um, that happened during the same crime spree as the baseline killers so with all of those years in total that was 1634 years i again like i said last episode or the first episode one of the two what happens after he dies like he got the death penalty nine times you gonna bring him back and kill him again like how does that work beats me um, on October of 2015, Mark appealed his nine death sentences where his new attorney said he should have been tried separately for each murder and some other counts, which doesn't make sense to me because if he's the baseline killer and he has all these murders, why would he be charged separately if it didn't happen during the same time? And a lot of these happened on the same day together. Um, but thankfully, in June of 2016, the Arizona courts upheld everything. They held up all death penalties, n- the nine death penalties he had. They upheld the 1,196 years for the other 58 crimes he was charged with as the baseline killer. And then the 19 separate crimes from those crimes, he they kept two. So he has to apparently die nine times and serve out six 1,634 years which is absolutely insane to me absolutely insane I mean he deserves every single one of those years do not get me wrong he sucks he is a terrible person I just think it's crazy that he got he got almost 2,000 years in jail blows my mind I guess it doesn't blow my mind I just am happy and like what the fuck about it you know um so that is our friend Mark Goodo he sucks and I hope that his death penalty comes soon I guess he is still alive from everything I've read. He has not passed away yet. They have not done it. They probably will do lethal injection. That's how they, you know, I feel like that's the more humane way they've done it these days. Um, crazy story. I don't know how someone could sexually assault that many people. Crazy to me. Um, but now that we've done Arizona, our next episode we are going to be doing is Cali, which we can either do the Golden State Killer, or, um, or there was one more 
that we could do but i think we're just going to do the golden state killer because that one is a little bit more of a popular one and we haven't had a popular one yet so i am gonna go get to researching i work tomorrow so i'm hoping that i can research maybe a little bit tonight or i'll probably end up having to research on monday and hopefully record the podcast monday night i am so excited that this was episode three it was a doozy of one it was tiring because of how much sexual assault there was and i mean that's scary like sexual assault is very very serious and it's something that should not be taken lightly which is why i'm glad he got over a thousand years um but that is the end of that i hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend i hope your week back to work starts off great your week back to school starts off great and i love each and every one of you have a wonderful day bye